0: Kia I'm Tim McCready and this is Too Much Talk, a podcast from Onihanga FM. Way back in 1893, Elizabeth Yates became mayor of Onihunger and the first female mayor in the British Empire. She famously said, There is in both borough councils and in parliament too, a great deal too much talk. Over the coming weeks, we'll be cutting through the talk and chatting with candidates and commentators ahead of the local body election about their vision for Onihanga and the surrounding suburbs. In this episode, I speak with Josephine Bartley, who is our incumbent councillor and is running for re-election as Monga Ke Kea Tamaki councillor under Labour. Josephine was elected to the local board in 2010 and re-elected in 2013 and 2016, ultimately becoming chair of the board. She was elected as a councillor in 2018 following the resignation of Denise Lee, becoming the first Pacifica woman to be elected to Auckland Council. Kia ora, Josephine, thanks so much for being with us today, it's great to have you uh, with us on the podcast. Um, you've been our councillor since the by-election in 2018 and you were re-elected in 2019, growing your majority by over a I thousand, I think it was. Um, I just wondered if we could begin with you telling us a little bit about yourself and your background.
1: Okay. Um, well, kia ora. Uh, hello to everybody out there. Thank you, Tim and Josh, for this opportunity. A little bit about my background. Uh, I studied law, so I'm a qualified lawyer. Uh, went into law because I wanted to help people. And I worked at Consumer Affairs. Then I also stood for the Monga Kiki Local Board. And that was my introduction into local government. And I just carried on from there.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to dig a little more into that because you've been involved in local politics for quite a long time. What was it that initially got you interested in that?
1: Uh, I moved into the Tamaki area in 2006, and I was really keen to get involved in the community. And I noticed that a lot of people that were doing stuff in the community weren't actually part of the decision-making for that area, and I wanted to be in that position. I wanted to make some real change at a bigger level, which is what I learned from being a lawyer as well. Mm. Is um, Yeah, yeah, you know, you're, you're if you want to really kind of make a positive impact, then it's wider than just dealing with one person, one-on-one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one of the things that stands out in my mind in terms of you getting involved in the community, and I think one of your defining moments over the last term, has been uh, the fact that you've been one of Auckland's greatest supporters of the vaccination rollout uh, for COVID-19. And I think it was you that suggested the KFC uh, drive throughs as possibly an enabler to reach some parts of the community, which is, you know, great, great ideas there. Um, But why was it so important for you to be involved in, in that particular issue?
1: I think because I was continuing, like we were continuing on at council, and it just struck me like we were carrying on with our meetings. You know, we were pretty all right sitting there behind our computer screens at home uh, in lockdown. And it really struck me like um, we can't carry on business as usual because a big chunk of our population could die from this pandemic. And here we are, the council, carrying on business as usual. That really, really got me. And yeah, I was just, I said to the mayor and our CEO, no, the most important thing for us as a council is this pandemic is COVID. So what is council doing? Where is council in something Mm. that is affecting our city? Um, So, yeah, I just went from there. And then I think I wrote to KFC because I was like, if you want to get to a good chunk of people, um, uh, you know, every time at midnight, when the lockdown's finished, KFC is always full of people. Mm. but." Yeah, I didn't realize I'd pick it up off my social media. And then, um, yeah, and then it went from there. And yeah. then also the criticism as well came from there. like from Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. And I, w- I wanted to ask you about that because I know it, must, it, it was a horrible time for you as well, right? Because you had, I know at one point you had security outside uh, your house after you had, you know, abuse from anti-vaxxers. Um, how, did, how did that feel uh, as a councillor just trying to do your best for the community?
1: Um, yeah, it, it, um, it's, it sucked because, uh, you know, I, I, I was trying to, you know, we can't, we couldn't move out of lockdown unless we got our vaccination rates up. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, it was, um, yeah, that's, that's what I saw was the focus was getting our vaccination rates up that way we could move on as a city and move on as a community. And the people that were getting mad at me, well, the only way you could get back to your, you know, your business is if, we're out of lockdown if we get the vaccination rates up. So I was kind of like, oh, can't you see? I'm actually trying to help here. I'm not trying to, mm. you know, um, you know, I don't know, start trouble or anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was quite a quite a hostile time, and it still is. It still is a, a, a sort of a real hot topic. Um, is that? Do Do you feel safe out in the community now? Are you Are you sort of are things back to normal from from a you know your security perspective?
1: Uh yeah well I was allowed to um council were it was actually Fatna Faisal Fessel Collins that raised it at council that he was concerned about my safety um and so council came to the party and and um said yep okay we'll get some security around her uh for when I'm out in public so I, I yeah I definitely feel safe when I'm out there yep
0: yeah, that's quite- I, my
1: my only concern is when I have my niece and my nephew and my cow with me then that's where I'm worried because I don't want them to see, you know, the ugliness. Because they're only children, mm. and to them, like they, they still, you know, they're still innocent in how they view the world. So I don't want them to see people swearing and giving the finger to Auntie Josie, and they're like, Auntie Josie, why are those yeah. people angry at you?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I have seen, I guess, just kind of continuing on from that, I've seen on on social media that there has been quite a bit of vandalism of your billboards. Um, that, that have been put up just over the last last week or so. I mean, that must be quite demoralizing. What, what do you think? What's what's behind that?
1: Um, I'm not sure what's behind it. Uh, people tell me, you know, people that have been in politics much longer than me tell me don't take it personal. But you can't help but think, am I a bitch? Like, you know,
0: mm. Are, mm.
1: They, are they right? <laughs> Why would they do that if they didn't have a good reason to? But then at the same time, it's like, I no, I don't. I don't, You know, if they don't know me then – but even if they did, people who know me were like, you, you are not that, so don't take it personal.
0: Yeah. Mm. I wondered, uh, just to, to move on to something a little bit more more positive, I just wondered if maybe you could talk to us about what you're most proud of in terms of your achievements as, as counsellor over the past four years, I guess.
1: What am I most proud of? Um, it's really hard to turn the ship around at council. Council is like it's going in one direction – it's got its agendas. It's got its business. Uh, so what I'm proud about is that I actually was able to turn that ship around during the vaccination rollout and the, uh, you know, the the lockdowns. I think that's what I'm proud of. Mm. Um, mm. What else am I proud of? I'm also proud of the Oranga, the advocacy I did around the Oranga development, and that yeah. was um, where we had uh, families that have been living in the area for ages. And they were feeling like they were having to move out even though all their support networks were in this community. Uh, and I, I, I was able to use my experience from the Tamaki redevelopment to help to ensure that gentrification doesn't happen in Oranga.
0: Mm. One of the things that uh, sort of keeps coming up uh, through the course of this, doing this podcast is that people uh, – don't really understand uh, necessarily how local council works, and uh, particularly the how uh, the separation works between local board and the councillor, and who's responsible for what. And I just I thought, given you've you've had both roles, um, and you are the, the the current councillor, how would you describe to those people that don't understand that how you would def- how would you define your role and responsibilities versus that of the local board?
1: So as a councillor, you're on the governing body of Auckland, and I am the voice for Maungakiki or the representative for Maungakiki Tamaki at the governing body uh, table. So uh, our job is really to focus on Auckland as a city and running the city, Mm. if I can put it like that. The local board is your pretty much, they're your local governors. So they run the Maungakiki Tamaki part of the city.
0: Right. And so you would would you say you sort of you do represent Mangakiko Tamaki at, at council, but you are required, I guess, to vote on issues that 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 affect all of Auckland. And so you're the local voice on, on that on that board, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: We yeah. we don't um, you know, like uh, a lot of the local projects uh, we don't that doesn't come before us. That goes to local board.
0: Mm. Yeah. One of the things that we've been doing uh, on this podcast is talking to local commentators about their major issues uh, that they see uh, facing this part of Auckland. But I wanted to ask you, what what are the main issues that you see uh, within Mongakiki Tamaki?
1: Within Mongakiki Tamaki, uh, on the Mongakiki side, what seemed to be the main issue is transport. Uh, on the Tamaki side, the main issue over there was uh, or is housing. But actually, the issues that affect both sides are. Uh, making sure we have infrastructure for all the growth because both sides of the ward are taking a lot of development Mm. and a lot of growth happening here, a lot of intensification. So I'd say that would probably be one of the biggest issues. And the other issue we saw in lockdown was actually we had a lot of families on both sides of the ward that were needing support, that didn't need support before in terms of like food parcels and um, or housing, yeah, there's homelessness on both sides of the ward, yeah. But uh, mm.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, it's, it's an interesting point you raise about the um, the lockdowns. I'm kind of curious just to hear what your how your responsibilities kind of shifted during that time. How how, how did was it business as usual for you, or did uh, or did you spend a lot of time on the front line there uh, yeah. on on those things like food parcels?
1: I think like as a counselor you you're pretty busy. But during the lockdowns, that was my busiest time. So mm. I chose not to lock down with my family. Uh, my brother and his wife and their kids so that I could be uh, ready to get out into the community and help there on the ground. So pushing the uh, supporting with the vaccination events mm. and then also uh, food parcels, advocating to get more investment to our community groups that were supplying food parcels in our area. And that's right. because we're seen as central Auckland. We're not seen as South Auckland. And so we, we don't have the same amount of resourcing or investment in our area than South Auckland does. Mm-hmm um, so it was my busiest. Yeah, lockdown was my busiest time.
0: Yeah. Do you think are we through kind of the the worst of um, you know the, the COVID? Do you think in terms of um, you know uh, people being able to? I, I mean, I guess I guess now we've got inflation as a as a major issue. But do you see uh, like uh, other requirements for food parcels? Is that has that gone down or has that gone up?
1: Uh, I think it's yeah. I I think well it really it really increased during the lockdowns, Mm. but I'd say it's still a strong demand out there, uh, especially for families that have uh, been self-isolating. But in terms of uh, how we are now, it feels like people are going back to work and, Mm -hmm. you know, we seem to be moving on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned public transport being a big issue, particularly on the Manga Keke side. Um, I want. I wanted to ask you about the changes to the Onnehunga line service because I think that's a, a bit of a hot topic at the moment. Um, you know, for those people listening that um, that may not be aware, the Onnehunga line now starts uh, in Onnehunga as it always did, but it, it finishes in Newmarket, um, uh, and uh, pa- passengers need to change trains at that point if they want to continue on to Bridemart, and that's as a result of the CRL construction. Right. But I just wondered um, what your take is on that because I know. Um, for people wanting to get into into the city for work, that is uh, quite a frustration for them. What what do you think about the situation?
1: Yeah, I think um, people's concerns are are warranted because I already knew from when the bus route changes were put in place that there was a a good number of people in the Unihanga area, um, in Oranga area, Wontree Hill area, that go straight into the city. And so when the 312 bus... Um, service was stopped or that fly service was stopped, a lot of people uh, went back into their cars because it was more difficult to try and get there using the different, you know, using what was put in place from the bus route changes. So, um, yeah, and then now with the uh, Onehanga train line stopping at Newmarket and people having to get off there to try and get into the city, yeah, I I am um, advocating to... Uh, get something, you know, in the meantime, but also trying to get the service reinstated. And I know mm. people say, well, it's not realistic, And but you've got to start from somewhere. And if yeah. we had, you know, as elected members, I don't know if you've had the others on yet, but as elected members, we weren't involved and in, we weren't notified back in February when Auckland Transport said they notified us.
0: Oh, is uh, that right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. If
1: we were... Because I actually got tagged in something on June the 5th on Facebook. And I know because when I saw it, I got a big headache. Mm. So, um, yeah, if we were, then maybe we wouldn't be where we're at. But we have to have that chance to advocate for our residents and for um, effective, efficient public service and public transport for this area. Mm. So I'm I'm going to the Auckland Transport Board tomorrow morning. I'm on their agenda to talk about the Onehunga line.
0: Oh, great. Yeah, I know a lot of people will be will be pleased to hear that. And I think, do you, do you know, because there seems to be a lot of uh, confusion as to whether the plan is to reinstate that once the CRL construction is finished, but there, I, I, it seems uncertain as to whether that that will happen or not. Do you, do you have any insight into that?
1: There doesn't, so when I tried to get some kind of confirmation that the Onihanga line wasn't going to be discontinued, if City Rail Link was, was up and running, I wasn't able to get that confirmation from the CEO when I spoke to him. Hmm.
0: So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, a concern. Or well, hopefully, there's a, a resolution uh, in the near future. Um, I just wanted—I wanted to give you the, the chance to, to, to talk to everyone about what are the specific areas that you would most want to focus on um, in the next three years ahead uh, if you're successful in your efforts to be re-elected as our councillor.
1: I, uh, you know, I see what what we where we need to get to as a community, as Mōan Kiki Tamaki and as Auckland. um, You can't get past the fact that climate change is really affecting, you know, Tamaki Makoto is affecting us. And we do need to try and um, prepare ourselves, you know, make the changes that we need to to make. So uh, I think that's going to be our biggest challenge. We declared a climate emergency in June 2019, and yep. now we have to actually put in place some changes to, um, you know, to make it worth making that declaration. Otherwise, it's all talk. But trying to, the most important thing is is that people are on board with what we need to do and how we get there. So yeah. that's what I'm offering. If I get back in in the next three years, is yeah stronger community involvement. Um, for where we need to get to as a community.
0: Do you get the sense when you're out talking to the community that they understand uh, the need to do something um, and take action against uh, climate change?
1: I don't think so. I think, uh, I mean, there are those ones that, you know, like people on Twitter, they're all about climate action and, um, you know, uh, multimodal active transport. But then you've got others in the community where... It's not even on their radar. They just carry on um, mm. yeah, with their lives, trying to make ends meet. So it's, um, it's a big jump from transport emissions reduction plan to your kitchen table or dining room table and amongst your families, um, talking about what needs to be done.
0: Mm. Another issue that's been raised um, by the people that we've been talking to is, is crime um, and, and the perceived increase of, of crime um, right across Auckland. Uh, I wondered, because if I've got my facts right, I think your brother is a policeman. Am I, am I right? There? Yeah, my brother or,
1: is a detective.
0: A detective um, okay. in Australia. So okay. Yeah, but I just—I I wondered with that you might you might have um, have an interesting perspective. But I just wondered what do what do you think in terms of crime in, in our part of Auckland in particular, and what is the role of council uh, in, in terms of um, trying to prevent that versus central government?
1: I did raise with the mayor because uh, back in 2013 we had a spate of youth crime in the Tamaki side, um, and so when I was. Uh, I think yeah, I was on the local board, so we were very active back then of trying to address crime, but through um, through a different way, not just calling for stronger enforcement and penalties and things like that, um, or more CCTV cameras, uh, because uh, you know, like kids were smashing up the halls, tagging a lot of council um, facilities but it was like, well, why are they doing that? So then I got involved with the kids that were causing all this trouble, which some may say, oh, that's kind of soft, but actually it saves council a lot of money in the long run because they're not going to be damaging all this Mm. the council assets. And then just working with them to find out, you know, what what they need to, like, get back on track, sort of, which is probably naive of me, but it worked. You know, that kind of uh, approach... Had its uh, benefits and values. Mm. Um, so, what with what we're seeing now? Oh, I don't know, because some of the stuff is pretty violent. Um, so, I can understand why people are calling for stronger enforcement, stronger, um, you know, a stronger uh, approach being taken. But you, you need both. You need the community side as well. Yeah. So, you need all your social services, all your, your youth workers in there with the young people that are. Causing this, but then at the same time, with the mo- the real serious violent offending, you need to be stronger around guns because that's what we're seeing now is the shootings mm. uh, all over Auckland. Mm. And no amount of neighbourhood support or community patrolling is is you know is going to stop people shooting yeah. shooting each other. I mean, yeah. they have their parts to play, but my gosh, you you know, I was at a community meeting in Mangere where they were trying to figure out what to do about the gangs, and one of their responses was um, community patrols. Well, community patrols are residents, you know, some of them yeah. over 65. That's dangerous to put mm-hmm. them in that position.
0: Yeah. How, how closely does, um, does council work with central government on issues like that?
1: Uh, well, the mayor has, we have these councillor updates. Apparently, we have a safety uh, advisory panel That's chaired by Councillor Alfred Bainer, who's an ex-cop. So there is uh, like a close working relationship in terms Mm. of, um, you know, updates. But on the ground, um, yeah, I I don't really see it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It might be something that we... We dive into a bit more uh, in conversations with some of the other people we're, we're going to speak to. Speak with. I wanted to before we finish. I want to ask you a few quick fire questions. Uh, so um, I'll kick off with the first one. Which suburb do you live in?
1: I live in Pamua. Pamua. So I've done Glen Innes, Point England, Pamua. I've yet to make it over to the Whananga side. But then I lived in Mangere <laughs> for thirty years. So oh, yeah. I was on the other side of <laughs> Whananga.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when was when was the last time you used public transport?
1: Today to get here because oh, fantastic. <laughs> I learned my lesson when we had the Innovating Streets public meeting and the community, because, you know, we were like up there saying, we've got to, you know, get out of our cars. We've got to think of the road in different ways. And then someone asked me, well, how did you get here? And I was like, oh, I drove. And then, <laughs> oh man, they just went for it on me. And I was like, I got it. Yep, I heard your message.
0: Nice, so, yeah. nice. <laughs> good, good preparation. I took
1: me 40 minutes when I could have just drove here in 10 minutes,
0: but all good, all good. <laughs> Uh, all right, okay, here's another one for you then. When's the last time you rode a bike in Auckland?
1: When I went out with Mr. T and his crew, um, oh, yeah? they, did a dry, uh, they did a ride around. That was so scary because yep. you, you go through local boards areas where they've invested in like cycle lanes, and then you get into another local board area where there's none. So you're pretty much in there amongst all the cars. Very, very scary.
0: Yeah, we've heard um, we've heard already in this in this podcast series the difference between Pukitapapa and um, and then when you get over to Mangakiko Tamaki the difference in terms of cycling infrastructure it's it's uh, yeah it's quite stark. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you support fares free public transport?
1: Yeah, for sure. But I reckon it should be for everyone because everybody needs to make the walk. Should make the change if they can.
0: Yeah. And uh, what about Auckland's port? Do you think that it should be moved from its current site?
1: Um, this That's just my own personal thoughts right now. Mm, uh, yeah. I, I actually have a lot of constituents in my area that work at the port. So if we shifted it, that would make it difficult for them. But even then, the benefits to Auckland having the port here, um, I would think would outweigh uh, moving it out of the area. Mm. So I still want to see it in our city. Noting that we have big votes on it coming up, so I shouldn't yes. take a predetermined position. So I have an open mind, but that's yeah. my starting point.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Um. Do you support the climate action targeted rate? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how many houses do you own? Um, none.
1: But that is what sucks. Is like we're sitting around the governing body table, and they're presenting reports to us about the the worst off to buy a home in Auckland are Maori and busweeker women. And then I'm the only busweeker woman sitting around that table, and I don't own a home. But I hate being a statistic. But yeah, I rent. I don't own. I'd mm. love to own, but I think it's you know it's gonna it's too far. It's too hard for me. I think probably because I'm 50 this year, so. Mm. I can do my best to make sure others can have that opportunity to own their own home, though. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and who do you support for mayor?
1: Uh, Na Faisal Collins.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, not just because um, he's a good guy, but, man, hearing him speak lately is just like, wow, that's really inspirational. He's always been an inspirational speaker, but he's done the thinking around the policies. He understands where the city needs to get to, and he articulates it very well. Uh, he listens to everyone, and he's about a team focus because actually that's what you need on council. You can't be a mayor on your own; you need you need every all the councillors working together to get mm. things through for the city.
0: Mm. Yeah, looking forward to having him on the podcast. Um, got a lot to ask him, uh, and a question that I'm asking all of my guests: could you could you tell us one of your favourite places in Onehunga and why you love it?
1: <laughs> my favourite place in Onehunga. My favourite place, uh, I actually like going down to um, Onihanga Lagoon or mm. Onehunga Reserve. Uh, now that I have Milo, uh, that's another reason why we like going there because he loves it. That's his treat is to go around that reserve, that park. And Milo's
0: your dog, right?
1: Oh yeah, Milo's yeah. a little <laughs> nine-year-old shih yeah. tzu that I've adopted. Yeah. But um, also because um, when I lived in Mangere and I wanted to like go somewhere nice and fancy i'd come over to oneanga so i spent a lot of time over there yeah and that's my probably my favorite place around here
0: yeah it's a great spot um and final question and before before we finish just i wondered if i could give you two minutes uh, just to tell uh, the people listening why they should vote for you
1: (laughs) uh why you should vote for me gosh uh, I've been in the role now for four years, going on five years. I know the issues for our communities, both Mongiki and Tamaki side. I believe I'm a steady pair of hands because I know our issues. I have been advocating hard and I look at things um, that you're not just a councillor that sits in town hall making decisions. You're out there amongst the people understanding their um, implications. and. Um, You know, you just want to do your best for the area, for the communities that you love. Otherwise, why would you do this? So I think I have the skills to back up, to be a good advocate for this area, but also the track record of the investment that's come in here uh, for, you know, our transform Unihanga, our port of Unihanga development, Taumanu Reserve, and even just the regional investment into our um, sports parks, uh, playgrounds, yeah, community facilities, libraries, working together with our local board. So, yeah, hopefully you do, but, um, yeah.
0: Fantastic. Brilliant. Uh, Josephine, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been great hearing about the past few years, which I know uh, in many ways have been quite difficult for you. So uh, all the best for the campaign ahead.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much for this opportunity. All the best.
0: Thanks for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and your neighbours. And make sure to connect with me on social media. I'm Tim underscore McCready on both Twitter and Instagram, and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks also to my producer, Josh Couch, who dreamed up Onihanga FM to bring hyper-local content to the residents of Onihanga and surrounding suburbs. I'll be back with the next episode soon. And don't forget to vote. Voting closes on the 8th of October.